Hey guys, Hello. it's Grayson and Elijah, and we are bringing you Unreeled episode so two. Two. two, part two, part two. Yeah, we got a shorter episode for you today. Uh, we're gonna talk about some movies, kind of recap the movies that we watched over the week. Probably not something we're still trying to figure out, kind of the format. Yeah, um, we're filling out the groove. Yeah, we might not talk about all of them in the future. We might talk about like our favorites. Yeah, you know, but um, yeah, it was pretty good conversation and then we we jump into straight into kind of film news um a couple little fun facts we kind of dance around it for a bit and then we got really heavy with um talking about the streaming era and the consequences of that yes. you know is streaming been, ruining america is streaming ruining are they ruining the art? yeah is it is it heinous is it dubious is it evil are we going to die uh yeah 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 um, so yeah, a bit of a shorter episode, and uh, hope you enjoy. Let's get started. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Grayson. How are you? I'm doing so well. That's How are good. you? I'm also doing well. I'm that's, doing pretty good. I'm well. excited for today. I'm excited too. I'm a little. I'm. I'm almost more nervous now because the first one I felt went really well. Um, if I may say so. I and think you may. Yeah, and now. I may, I may I say something else? <laughs> Go ahead. I'm a little nervous <laughs> for this episode. I want to I want to follow up strong and like it's so easy to talk about your favorite films and to just like talk about it nonstop. A lot of passion behind that. Yeah, and that's like the whole point of the podcast: bring yeah. people on, get them to do that. But we do not have a guest today. We don't. No, so our guest is Phil. Our guest is Phil in general. <laughs> No, our favorites. No. <laughs> just, just some of them. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be talking film news again. We're gonna be talking. We're gonna be. We're gonna be laughing. We're gonna be goofing. We're gonna be tired. We're gonna put some heart into it, and it's gonna be good. Um, I'm still trying to feel this coffee, but yeah, let's let's talk movies. Okay, let's let's dive, let's deep dive. You wanna go first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what did I watch this week? What did Grayson watch this week since we last recorded? Yeah, so, well, okay, so we can talk about this the <laughs> second we wrapped. Like, I, 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 the last episode, I was like, I want to watch Mission Impossible. Let's end this fucking and we know, did. podcast. And we did. We threw it on. What did you think? It was a blast. I loved it. I gave it four stars. I gave it five. That's, I, that's an all-timer for me. I had never seen it before. I think if I watch it again, I really like it because I love, yeah. I love a good spy the thriller espionage mm-hmm. movie I'm a sucker for those mm-hmm. and I love the music the pacing mm-hmm. the setting the the mm-hmm. disguises yeah the I just love all that stuff I eat that up yeah the use of prosthetics and like yes. early CGI to blend that into a, the set design was really nice too amazing studio on location mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for that yeah well and what's cool is you see the Palma using a lot of his tricks but in kind of non-De Palma ways like like the split screen that you know, yes, famous the doctor. But he's yeah, but he's using it on like a laptop monitor and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, and it's like a reframe of a split screen. And you know, I think I like that when a director takes their uh, their staple, their hallmarks, their hallmark, but they are able to use it in multiple different ways. Right. And like to turn to his to turn his famous split doctor shot into a spy mm-hmm. movie and also be able oh, to yeah. use technology instead of. A naked woman, or <laughs> you know, let's spice it up a little bit. Yeah, De Palma, he he, you know, the king of the erotic thriller. He still manages. I love to De Palma. I'm a De Palma fan. Oh yeah, he manages to slip in a bit of that like juice, a bit of that weirdness. Um, but it it mostly like 
you could tell me that it wasn't a De Palma movie, and I would believe you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it still has enough character. I think if you've seen a De Palma movie, you can tell. Yeah. If you haven't, you would be yeah. like, oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know until I saw Like I didn't know he directed the first one. Right. And I, was a, that was a fun movie. It was so I can't wait to watch the, the number, number two. Crazy. Number two is going to be crazy. Number two is going to be... Um, we're doing a thing where we watch one after each episode mm-hmm. leading up into, you know... Mission Impossible 7. Seven. Oh my Derek god, I can't even believe that that's real. I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm ecstatic is what I am. My dad was like, I can't wait to see that movie. I said, <laughs> well, watch it with your dad. He would love that. Yeah. He would eat that up. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise. I, I went on a little Tom Cruise binge on the same day because I was just like wired. I had way too much coffee. <clears> and and I felt like Tom Cruise when he jumps on the couch on Oprah, you know? I was like, bah. Yeah. Wow. His like, famous, I felt, yeah. His famous scene. <laughs> yeah, his, his famous scene. I felt very uh, unhinged. Mm-hmm. So I watched a bunch of Tom Cruise movies. I watched that. I watched Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Long movie. My first time watching it. I've never seen it. I, I haven't seen it. I have not seen and it. I like Spielberg a lot, so I, I don't know what was holding me back from watching it. Yeah, when I was little, my stepdad had this movie, and he never let me watch it because, you know, I, I it has some fucked up shit, and now I get it. Like, this this movie, Spielberg needs to direct, like, a straight, like, other than Jaws, like, a straight-up, like, scary-ass horror movie, because he could do it. Oh, Colin Farrell's in this? Colin Farrell's in it. He calls himself a twink. No, you're fucking... He, I swear to God, he watch calls himself a twink. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like Minority Report is one of the movies that you always see the poster for and like yeah. everything because like growing up you see it at Blockbuster you see it on like streaming services but I have never watched it um, but I've heard a lot about it but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna check that out it's awesome it's it's genuinely really fun it's got that like Spielberg kind of like slapstick unconventional action um, and it's got so much like emotional depth like I straight up cry. I really did. Like, kind of a hard cry. And I was with Katie. She came in, like, halfway through the movie and was like, what are you watching? And she was, like, just trying to play Stardew Valley. Kept looking up, kept watching the movie, got hooked in. <laughs> it just hooks you in. It's really good. It does That's not feel as long as the watch it. Yeah. And then my, my third Tom Cruise feature. And we'll of that day. You. Of, of that the, day. Of that day. Eyes <laughs> Wide Shut. Another first Love that movie. Sort of. I have seen that one before. I'd seen the first, like, 30 minutes of it before, and, and I... That's a horny movie. It's a horny-ass <laughs> movie. I I could be convinced to love it more. Um, if you watch it at Christmas. Watch it at Christmas. Watch it while I'm horny. I give it four and a half. Watch it while horny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and probably... I don't, I don't know what else I would need to do. I gave it four and a half. And I was tired. I gave it four and a half, but that was after kicking it up from four already, just because Katie Boozer was telling me, like, how oh, amazing first last it night. is. Like, well, I gotta clarify. I have two, we have two Katie's. Have two Katie's. Yeah. Uh, what did I give myself? Bestie show? Katie and my partner. Oh, you have four and a half, too, actually. Four No way. Yeah. Okay, okay. I um, watched it for in Christmas time. For some yeah, reason, I have to watch well, it. Well, it's such a Christmas movie. It is. Yeah, yeah. It takes I place love in unconventional Christmas movies. I do too. But I also love Christmas movies in general. So. I, I do love Christmas movies. I'm a sucker. I really if I see Lights in a Tree, I'm hooked. I'm <laughs> <laughs> being so that serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. You know, I, I've seen, speaking of Christmas, well, you know what? I cannot wait for Christmas because we're going to have an amazing we're gonna Christmas go, We're going to go, we're we're gonna go talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Favorite Christmas. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited about that. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, I, I see the comparison between after hours and this. I kind of made it too. I'm like, it, it feels like, but I don't know. I don't know if it's a fair comparison because this one's working with subtext mm-hmm. and after hours is just working with like plot. Not in a bad way. I don't mean in a reductive way. I love after hours. And almost I would say that that's to after hours favor because it's got so much more like leeway with just having fun with it mm-hmm. slipping in horror elements and like things like that you know moving into more comedy for right everything. really funny more but, but there are but parts that are sad and like scary <coughs> oh, yeah. and dark and um and this movie has cry. this movie is almost the inverse there's a couple really funny parts in this movie mm-hmm. but even the funny parts turn into horrible things yeah really bad things yeah um I thought it was good though. I've heard that there's a lot of controversy about this movie based on the, its release because of his death. Um, mm. How finished was it? Mm-hmm. The studio kind of hacked it up, apparently. So when it released, people didn't love it. But now, it's, it's like cult crazy. Yeah, it's seen as his best. Yeah, that's one of the one of the few cubes I've seen. One of the few cubes. I haven't seen a ton few of cubes. Few cubes. Few cubes. Few cubes. <laughs> uh, I have not. I have seen. I've seen two. I've seen the Stanley Kubrick movies. I've seen... I've seen The Shining and I watch three. Can we run a film podcast if we haven't seen all of the... I, I haven't seen A Clockwork Orange. I haven't seen... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Or 2001. We... I mean, we're going to get to it. We'll we see it. a lot of different films. We love... I'm more international. Films. I was going to say, we, we both love, love the international angle. Yes. And I, I love Korean movies. Yeah. Japanese. Japanese movies are great. Mm-hmm. I love... Mexican cinema is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Spanish cinema. I feel like you've seen a lot more European than I have. I have. I, I have I feel seen like I have hardly too. any European films. Also, like I think like French, New Wave, French New Wave. French New Wave. Yeah. I haven't yeah. like seen a lot of them. I feel like the only thing I watch. I can't watch alone. Mm-hmm. If you put on an old nineteen fifties black and white movie, I'm probably gonna fall asleep. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. And I feel like, I feel like saying that as a film person makes me unqualified. Because everyone who like is on film cinema or Twitter, mm-hmm. they're like not film cinema, but film Twitter. They're right. like. They're like, oh my god, Jean-Luc Godard's film is such a homie movie. I'm like, y'all seen Ratatouille? Like, that's a homie movie. I'm like, what kind of unqualified? What? But I haven't seen this. I can't talk about it. But I just get kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not qualified enough. But that's just a fear I have. Um, so that was my my first little like, first day? triple feature. It was straight up a triple feature. Yeah. So, um... I'll kick it over to you. Okay. And Minor- also yours. I was like, wait, Minority Report. <laughs> I'm like, you're letter I'm like, wait, I didn't know why. <laughs> um, okay, so, after Mission Impossible, I went to work, so I had to work all day. Oh, God. Sad. But the next day, I watched three movies <laughs> as well. Yes, sir. I think Rosemary's Babies was as at, was at like 12 in the morning. After I got home from work, I watched a movie on after work. Gotcha. So, so it's like, things. Yeah. It's in the day. It's not really a triple feature. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, just that fell asleep. But I watched Rosemary's Baby, because we talked about it mm-hmm. when we recorded for the podcast, mm-hmm. and I was like, I do love that movie. Never seen Put it, it on, give it a good, good old five-star and a juicy heart. Love that movie. A juicy heart. A juicy heart. <laughs> That's what I give all my love to awesome. Um, I just love it. You have to watch it. Like, it's tense. It's... Funny, like you feel you you really feel for Rosemary. Like Mia Farrow does a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, and John Cassavetes as the husband. It's 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 just so good. Like I love I it. Love the John New York Cassavetes. setting. I love the. I feel like this is the beginning of the satanic panic in like United States right. because of like. Also, this is kind of big. Cause this is nineteen sixty eight. Damn. This is early. Right. 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 And 
So it contributed a lot to that. But I just love it. It's such a homie. This is a homie movie for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and I watched this in film class. We This is one of the, one of the few films I think mm-hmm. that I remember like watching and loving. In yeah. Film class. A lot of the film class films are kind of duds. They're either yeah. overhyped or... Citizen Kane. Over-talked about. <laughs> we have mixed feelings on that. And, and what's, what's terrible is I can't really argue with you because I don't have it logged on Letterboxd because I've only seen, because of like film class kind of thing, I've only seen it chopped up. Like I've seen huge segments of that movie but never in order. I've never sat down and actually watched it. So I need to do that yeah. before I can argue with you. Okay, we'll do that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a whole Citizen Kane. Citizen so. Kane? Flop yeah. or not. Um, then afterwards, or the next that day, I watched Before Sunrise with Jonathan. Um, he came over, he was in town for a little bit, and I always talk about, I rave about these movies, because I love these movies, and Grace has not seen these movies. Ah, oh, it's heartbreaking, I really want to. I am going to from Barlow. I will borrow this from you, actually. Like, <clears throat> the, he, actually, Jonathan got this for me, for my birthday, mm. the, the, mm. the pack. And so I love these movies, I love, I wasn't, I don't know, I feel like the older I got, I watched this during COVID for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in bed, like, missing traveling, missing mm-hmm. going out, missing human interaction. Right. And this movie is basically a giant conversation. Yeah. You know, it's like an hour and... It's like, like one like, extended what? one. Yeah, it's like an hour and 40 minutes of just watching them talk. And I love around. dialogues. As a writer, I find so much, like, inspiration in that. I mean, it goes back to, like, Lewis Carroll, right? Or, like, you have a lot of writers, a lot of, like, philosophers and stuff who are, like, the old, like a dialogue is such an interesting way to create two characters and yeah. to show them and like what would they say here and like I think having a movie that's just an extended dialogue is so beautiful it's so cool there's a lot of great examples of that and the the organic chemistry and like mm-hmm. line delivery with them is it's intense it's, it's, really it's crazy Julie Delpy and it's funny because like it's like because um, I researched this a little bit like a long time ago the only thing I remember is like uh the script was never like tweaked or altered by the, by the actors, like it was really? like, yeah like it's a hundred percent like they went from the script and it's crazy wow. how well the script is written because you have no idea it feels, it natural. feels unnatural yeah Lee and then later wrote it too right Lee later wrote it and directed it Man, and I think they contributed to so the script on the second and third one yeah after their character but like it's just it's so good and then taking place every seven years mm-hmm. and actually like aging and following them mm-hmm. is I just love this series this trilogy. I love it. You need to watch it. I really do. It's so good. <clears throat> and you kind of hate Jesse, but you kind of also feel bad for Jesse, and you right. love Celine, mm-hmm. and you kind of want them to be together, but you also kind of like, is it good? It's just, it's so good. I love that. I love this movie, and I love that it's shot in Vienna, I believe. Really? Yeah. Vienna. It's a good movie. I think recommend it. You can borrow my criterion. I will. And then afterwards, later that night, I watched The Iron Giant. <laughs> oh my god with Cambria and then her roommate Deb and her boyfriend Rowan talk about tears talk about tears talk about I haven't seen this movie in a long time mm, um, either. I used to grow up watching this all the time mm. do you ever like put a movie on like a kids movie you used to watch and you just feel like warm oh yeah like I don't know I feel like yeah. nost- I'm not nostalgic I mean yeah I guess but like tingly like but in a good right, way right, right. like I put it on in that one scene where he's watching a horror movie at night eating a Twinkie and he stuffs it with whipped cream mm. I was like I got chills during that scene <laughs> no, for no reason but I just, it just reminded me of watching it back in my own I, I totally get that and Cam had never seen it so I was like okay Rowan picked it put it on I was like Cam's gonna cry oh, I know yeah. like Cam's gonna cry Cam's like I don't know 
The yeah. ending comes on, I look over and sobbing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> running down. And then I, I teared up too because... Oh, you can't not. You cannot. When he was like, he was like, I go, you stay. No yeah. following. And I was no, done. Following. I was done. Oh I was done. God. I love that movie. It's so good. Who voices Vin Diesel? That is a great performance. Yeah. Can we talk about Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel has, what is he doing? Everything. Just real quick. I, I think I saw a really funny and really honestly accurate tweet recently oh, that said, you know, Hollywood would be saved if we gave more autistic guys uh, cocaine and steroids and just let them run rampant because of the Vin Diesel magic, you know? He's just, just like, Vin Diesel autistic? It's, people joke about it because he, like, you know. i never seen any of the Fast Fusion movies, so, like, really? I need to watch them because all this stuff would be taken off. Right. The Pacifier, Vin Diesel? I love the Pacifier. Love that. You are 16. Going on 17. <laughs> I have a crush on him. Really? That takes that. Not Vin Diesel, but the, the. I know. Yeah. yeah. I have a crush on Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain yeah. some things. But um, yeah, that's when I watched that day. movie. So, on to you. Okay. Um, I watched a, a quick triple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a triple feature. It was kind of an all night. Like, it straight up was an all night thing. Um, I went home. I had two Baja Blasts. That was my mistake. From where? Oh, from Taco Bell? Well, yeah, the one place you can get Baja I was like, Blast. that was a trick. That's a, that's a Blastito. <laughs> yeah, Blastito. No, uh, I, had, I had two of those, so I was wired. And I... I, I saw Hello High Water again. I've seen that movie that. three, four times maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, me, my buddy in high school and I got really into neo westerns after watching this Sicario. Love and Sicario. Um, oh yeah, same writer, Taylor yeah, Sheridan. He did Wind River as well. Love Wind River. Love Wind River, and he actually directed that. Great direction. Um, and then he got stuck in Yellowstone. I mean, he he's, he hasn't really been done anything. That's good. Hopefully, we can get some more, you know, some more out of him. Um, yeah, I I love this movie. I think Chris Pine is so good in it. I think Ben Foster is so good in it. Ben Foster, there's there's a couple parts that have not <clears throat> aged super well. Like mm-hmm. they're they're kind of cringe. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really care about the content, subject matter. Like oh, it's a little bit. There's problematic, whatever. It was already meant to be like that. It was representing a specific type of person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Specifically Ben Foster's character. I mean, he's just a fucking piece of shit, right? <laughs> but he has, like, a form of redemption, but it's, like, not really, you know? He wants to be Lord of the Plains, that sort of thing, and they talk about the backstory and things like that. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm not going to spoil the movie. I think that's a big part of our pod. We have to, we have to restrain... But no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, that's and that's old enough too. <laughs> like everyone's seen Iron Giant, except for Cambria. Except for Cam, now she has. Now she has. Um, yeah, great movie. Um, and hearts. Yeah, I love. I put a heart. So a heart is if I hearts. liked it, like just liked it all. Yeah. And then they're they're like numbers. And so if it's a three, three and a half, that's where like sometimes I'll do like one star heart. You know, like Twilight movies. That's you know. Throw hard up there. They're kind of spry, but I, my hearts are like rewatched. I could rewatch it. I could right. Like, so, like, movies that like inside we watch that. I would never watch it again. So I didn't give it. I have like a lot of hearts. Yeah, yeah but a ton, ton of hearts is, is the, like probably the last one that I didn't hurt. Um, but I only watch good movies too. Everybody knows this about me. I only <laughs> watch good movies. I'm very selective. Shut up. Um, speaking of good movies, wrapped around into two Scott Adkins. 
features. Mm-hmm. These I are, suppose. I kind of went down a DTV rabbit hole. DTV is like the direct to video um, yeah. action flicks. And there's a lot, there's a whole like subgroup and counterculture like of people who, who love these movies. And Scott Atkins and Jesse B. Johnson, they work together, but specifically like Scott Atkins across like across the board, just does amazing martial arts action um, in these like kind of shitty like low tier um, action comedies, action dramas, and it's so fun. It's so it's so cool to see him like hone his craft, to see him become better at both the martial arts. Um, and it's just being on screen, like delivering these characters. He, he, he and the fact that he's not a leading man in every triple A blockbuster right now is is kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Hollywood has failed us because he, he's he's got the Van Damme energy. You know, he's got okay. the he's got that. There is no Van Damme. Anymore. I know. Yeah, we. Yeah, you're right. What happened? Like, I guess the closest thing is like Keanu and John Wick. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I respect Scott Atkins. Him in John Wick 4 was a great, like, feature. Hearing that he was going to be in John Wick, I got really excited. And then whenever it was released who he was playing, you know, with the fat suit, he, he talked about going a uh, method with that and getting all that weight. But right, so I watched Accident Man, mm-hmm. and I watched The Debt Collector. Both really good movies. Okay. Accident Man's goofy. Michael J. White. Another yeah, yeah, yeah. hero of yes, mine. Yes, I, I um, and that one was okay. Uh, the Debt Collector. This movie had a performance tucked into it. Louis Mandalore, or Louis Mandalore. Unbelievable. He was so good in this movie. This fucking guy. He's been in every movie oh, ever. Oh, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, that's what he's most known for. Um, and he was just so good in this movie. Like, too good for this movie. You know what I mean? Um, but it wasn't a great movie. So, <laughs> three and a half. Heart hated it. Heart loved. Uh, Throw it over to you. Okay. The next movie I watched was Criminal Passion. I have been uh, going through Criterion's erotic thriller challenge. 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 <laughs> the erotic thriller um, playlist they put on there. Um, and I'm, I'm almost done with it. Hold on, let me see. I think I have at least three movies left um, which is actually pretty impressive because sometimes I just start something and I don't, I don't finish it because I'm like eh, right. you know like, but I love a good erotic thriller I, I, I bring back erotic thrillers bring it back because there's not enough we're getting one Sanctuary we are I'm very excited we need to watch that though that's gonna be good um, oh it's reading lists yeah so I have 81% complete I need to watch three three more mm-hmm. and then I'm done these are the more the longer ones. I kind of put them, I kind of put them off, but so yeah, I'm I'm finishing up the collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the ones that was like ninety six minutes. I was like, I put it on, throw it on. Right. It was okay. Yeah. Didn't love it. Yeah. Very formulaic. The main yes. actress was fine. Right. Uh, we do get man ass. Yeah. Why is this in Criterion? It's got bad reviews. <clears throat> well, a, a lot of them. Are. Well, Criterion does more like indie film. Like, it's interesting. Like, it's like films because it's, it's like seven hundred views. It's in there. Independent. Um, another one that was really bad, Call Me, not two point nine, mm-hmm. but I want to see what was this one? Flesh Tone, two point four. Like you know, this Dream Lover, James Spader, and Ma- yeah, uh, Madison Amick. Yes, from Twin Peaks. Need I'm to gonna watch, watch this. That's what hooked. That's why I saw. That's this why. One. Yeah, that's why I want to watch this one. But two point eight. We could uh, we could 
Okay. Virtual movie party. You can BMP that. Yeah. Uh, oh, this one, Bruce Willis. Oh. 2.3. But I want to watch this one too. And then this one, I actually bought the Criterion. Mm. But it's Paul Schrader, 3.2, Comfort of Strangers. Yeah. I want to watch this one. Let's go. So, that's the three I have left. We could VMP one of these. I don't mind. I don't I'm know. definitely down. Um, so, me, Grayson, and Cambria always do VMPs. Virtual, Virtual movie parties. Movie party. Um, yeah. They're fun. They're fun. Um, we text and we like watch a lot. Yeah. And we text more if it's like a, a goofy A goofy like, movie, comedy, yeah. Um, and a lot less if it's like what we VMP'd last night, which we'll get to. Yes, we will. Um, um, but yeah, Criminal Passion, two stars. It was okay. Didn't love it. We'll never watch again. Two stars feels low. Does it? Yeah, you're a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I've just watched a lot of erotic thrillers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, so. that's one thing about our letterboxes. I'm loose with my five. You know, you I'll, are. I'll you're a loose fiber. But if you go through my fives, they're all like... Oh, they're all solid. It's, they're all solid. Well, the day I watched the three movies, they're all five stars. Mm-hmm. Rosemary, Before Sunrise, and Iron Giant, all five stars. Right. They're all rewatches, though. That's true, but those are all like... Some of your favorite movies, you know what I mean. That's, That's true. Like you probably you, you have probably a very small percentage of five stars, which I, I think is a good approach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's about the stats that I would expect. Right yeah. in the middle, yeah. one out of three stars. That's your number one. Whereas five stars is my number one. Um, just different letterboxes. That's different okay. letterboxes. That's okay. But I, again, I only watch good movies, so it's <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> you just said that wasn't a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I I sort of forgot to shoo this in. The reason I watched Accident Man, unfortunately, is because it has um, a Ray Stevenson performance, mm-hmm. and I was on my way home and I, I saw that he had passed away. The news yeah. of that, yeah. Um, and I'd seen him in a lot of things. R R R. Right. Yes. The villain. His villain performance was just terrifying. astounding and terrifying. Terrifying. Great job. So camp and over the top in exactly what that movie needed. And I think that's the best way that you could put his legacy in Hollywood. Is yeah, the whole series. That's crazy. He was always exactly what these movies needed. Yeah. You know, if he was in a comedy, he was funny. Mm-hmm. He played a straight man really well. If he's in an action movie, he's intimidating. Uh, I still want to see Punisher Warzone. I've heard it's just brutal over the top. You know, and, and in this movie, he gave a, a really heartfelt and really cool performance. You know, he's kind of just a king. So you know, rest, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Ray Stevens. Rest in peace, and I, I look forward to finishing out his you know filmography. His filmography. Yeah, you do it. I believe you. Yeah, I'll do it. Another triple feature for Grace tonight. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, your turn. Um, We're almost done. <laughs> yeah, I watched two movies yesterday. This was uh, oh, you did. one last night, right? Yeah, so I watched Twentieth Century Woman. Oh my God, Mike Mills. Mike Mills is underrated. Have you seen Come On, Come On? No, I haven't. Grayson, yet. you have I to watch it. I know. Grayson, you have to watch it. I know. I it's, cried. It's so good. He. I get it. Movie five stars. He's he's the biggest tearjerker of he all is. time. He, he loves to make you cry. I want to watch twenty. I need to put that on my watch. I need to watch twenty. You've seen, seen Beginners, movie. right? I've seen half of that. I finished it. Ooh. I watched it when I was um, this late night fell asleep. Right, but I had the same problem. I had to rewatch it. Um, I have to rewatch that again. Like finish yes. it. Yes, 20th Century Woman is I liked it a lot more than Beginners. I liked Beginners quite a bit, and so that's saying something. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a great cast, and the writing is so touching. It, it almost feels like a Noah Baumbach film more than a Mike Mills, but it has his like, you know, slipping in of like photography, mm-hmm. and, like kind of this like 
um, palpable aesthetic, like of like um, togetherness. If yeah. that makes sense, I don't know if that that's kind of just a string of words, but um, God is so good. Annette Benning is phenomenal in it. She's There's a kid well. who I've never seen in anything else. The um, Lucas Lucas. Yeah, Jr. what is he? He was great. He was in a Sinister. Oh, Sinister Two. Sinister that. Two. And then um, Greta Gerwig's in it. Elle mm-hmm. Fanning. Elle mm-hmm. Fanning. I'm a big Fanning fan. Elle Fanning on the podcast again. Talked about, yeah. talked about her We're fans of the Fanning. And Billy Crudup. This is Love his hottest him. role. No way. He's beautiful. He was good in Spotlight. He was hot in Spotlight too. He's hot in everything. He's in Mission Impossible 3. Big Fish, Almost Famous. Yeah, in my three. Uh, you'll see. He, <laughs> on the, after the next episode, <laughs> Watchmen, everything. Like he, I love Billy Crudup. Underrated actor, and in this I one too. he's got a cool mustache. He's handsome. He works on cars, and, and he does oh, there work. He is. And he talks about you know uh, how to pleasure a woman and stuff. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, this movie's really it, it's cute. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of cute parts, um, but it's also very heartbreaking. It will make you cry. That's I think that's very Mike Mills. Yeah. Same with Come On, Come On. Like that that movie. Whenever yeah. I was, I started to watch that, I was like, okay, like it, it's good. And the more you get, the deeper you get into it, the more you're just like sitting there, like yeah, your thoughts and your feelings. And he like, he approaches um, his narratives with this level of sort of like omniscience, or like like being outside of time, where like he'll in the middle of the movie he'll just be like. And something like I'm going to die. This and it's like it's a fact. Now my character's dead here, and and it's going to happen. Blah 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 blah. And you never see that, and it's mm-hmm. not a part of it. But no, like that monologue is crazy, you know. Yeah. And he did that in Beginners too, talking about this is what happened here. This movie felt very similar to Beginners, except it was from sort of where Beginners was focused more on masculinity yeah. than anything. Twentieth century women. At, at its core is is interested in what makes a good man in mm-hmm. a way because it's about raising a kid as sort okay. of a community. Okay, I see. That. But it's without the presence of masculinity. Yeah. How do women raise men? Yeah, it's very interesting. And I mean, Mike Mills is fantastic at writing humanity and like oh yeah, and like its simplest form. Oh, and a total Floyd case too. Mm-hmm. You know, we could we could talk about that, but um, I think that writing from those places, those spaces. I mean, he's clearly mining a lot of personal experience to create his fiction. I think that's beautiful. I think it's, it's a very touching and raw way to do it. Mm-hmm. You have any others on your list before we get to our... our, our I think that was it. I don't watch a lot of movies this week because I was in a wedding and I worked a lot. So I don't know. Didn't watch a lot of movies. You watched six movies. That's <laughs> almost <laughs> a movie a day. Uh, I, think I, I could watch more. I, I wanted to, but I was just so freaking tired. Yeah, no, I guess we killed me. I was too. Um, let's see. So do we want to start off? on start with our, our, our We watched a movie last night. We did watch a movie last night. separately, but together. Separate together. We repeated movie part. No, that you can. We love you, Cambridge, just because we have to do it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we watched Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Now we kind of have mixed feelings on this. I mean, we're both in the four, four and a half range. Yeah. Right. You yeah. gave it a four and a half. I gave it four and a half. Just because I never seen The Departed before. Like, yeah, that's, kind of that's my view. problem. I I went in having already seen The Departed, so it was essentially the the plot, which is arguably the plot is the strength of this, the way that it twists and turns. Yeah. Um, and I already knew what was going to happen, and as it went down, it was just like almost play by play, like the mm-hmm. same. 
Uh, except my take is that Marty, you know, old Scorsese is a way stronger director than who is it? It's and two people. Andy, Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. Um, I I like their style. It's got like this this John Woo flashiness. Um, yeah, <clears throat> a lot of mirrored shades and like you know big wide like pans across the. Look at my notes out. Which is fun. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, get your notes out. Get my notes out. I just want to use my wall skin. I just um, I I also <laughs> felt like that direction style was weaker. Uh, I like the writing more in this one. Actually. Okay. I felt like the characters were were more interesting than what was going on in The Departed. That may be a hot take, but I felt like the performances were just so good, and that was reason enough to love it, to not yeah. hate it. But otherwise, I, maybe I need to rewatch it and just like kind of suspend, like, because going in I knew that The Departed was an adaptation, but I didn't know it was going to be like one for one, one yeah. to one, in a way. There's there's certain differences that I'll, I'm not going to say anything about. I think once we watch the, the rest of the other two movies as well, and I also def- differentiate um, the Infernal yeah. Affairs to The Departed. Because I think the other movies, I think that it was more into the backstory. They're, yeah. And exactly. so, so, yeah, I, I, wrote a couple, I wrote a couple things down when we watched those. I was like, you know, might as well. Um, you said it was very Y2K, and yes. it was. From yes. like from like the quick like flashy cuts <laughs> editing, yeah. all the, <laughs> the slow mo the transitions yeah. the music the music was unhinged. it was like it was like alternative rock mixed yeah. with like it, it Asian was, drums it was, it was yeah, so it good. had like traditional Chinese folk music it had like I said it had clown honks I joked <laughs> about that yeah it was like was it was fun. crazy <laughs> and it would go into like some operatic like you know yeah kind of thing. yeah. Um, I did a little. I did a little research okay. because it opened with a quote mm-hmm. and it ended with a quote. And the the quote was: "The worst of the eight hells is called continuous hell. It has mm-hmm. the meaning of continuous suffering. Thus, thy name." Mm-hmm. And then it ends with: "He who is in continuous hell never dies. Longevity is a big hardship in continuous hell." Right. And so that refers to I think it's called Avicii. Avicii, I think is what mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. But it refers to the lowest level of hell in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And, um, which means that, and which Avicii means, no one can ever reincarnate nor be relie- relieved from guilt or suffering. Right. So, I think that's very interesting. I really mm-hmm. like how a lot of other, um, like, Eastern cinema mm-hmm. or, like, you know, Hispanic, Latino cinema, mm-hmm. they really focus a lot more on, like, spirituality. Yes. Even, even like, this is a cop proceed. Yeah, you know what I mean. That, but it still is basing itself in Buddhism, right? And like how your actions right. are referring back to like because he's the mole, right? And like in the end, what happened was like he was he wanted to change ways, right? But he ended up like I got R.I.P. Yeah, and um, yeah, he went back to being a cop, and he was kind of just like kind of that same thing, you know. So it's like it's like is it gonna be a continuous loop? I need to watch the rest of it to figure this out. Right, this ties in because now now I'm now I'm invested. Right, I do I do want to see the rest of the trilogy to see if that continues. But I I feel like so much of that is focused on what it means to be undercover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on both sides, they're both undercover, which is such a a, a neat plot angle. Yeah, advice like that was not examined really before this. Um, it's like. We've seen a lot of undercover cops having to wrestle with their, like, you know, inner conflicts and allegiances, but never f- 
a parallel angle to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that like if you're in it for ten years, right? Yeah. And I'll take over ten years. You die. It's like how do you find redemption? How do you find like identity? And that's that's kind of that continuous suffering in a way. That's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. That at least, um, yeah. The performances in this movie—they were great. so so good. Tony Love. Tony Young, Alan, Alan Lau, Lau yeah. I think. Andy Lau. Andy. Andy Lau is great. What else was he in that I watched? He was in a couple. Drunken Master. Drunken Master. Great. As tears go by, he does all the one car watches. He's in a lot of one car watches. So it's coming so so together. Um, so it's together. Then they were so sexy. Yeah. Yes. Um, man. Yeah, that was a great movie. Um, I liked it a lot. Did you know there was an alternate ending? Really? What's the alternate ending? Um, the alternate ending is kind of like the opposite. Okay. What will happen? Like he gets arrested and stuff, and it was because they had to comply with the Chinese Film Administration regulations. Really? Yes, because they can't show like organized crime or injustice. So since in the end, like, they can't in win. the end, he wins. Right. So they had to. The also ending that was showed in like main like of Malaysia, I think mainland China was, um, him getting arrested, and being and getting unjust and getting discovered as the mole. Interesting. I love whenever a movie has an alternate ending, and I love seeing it in an alternate opening. Um, Miami Vice famously has like in the oh yes, 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 a whole series that like Michael Mann is like this is how it should be, but so many people disagree. But like it should just open with that like hard needle drop mm-hmm. of fucking <laughs> Lincoln Park. Lincoln <laughs> Park. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked I liked the movies that I watched this week. Yes, good. They were good. Yeah, we did not plan very well. No, no, I mean, I think, uh, we, we've been talking about what to talk about. We have been talking about um, Which is always constructive. Uh, I, w- I would say... We're probably going to agree with it all. Yeah. So, oh. some points we want to touch on. There's a lot of... There's, there's both a lot of film news and a lot of... Dead air. There's, there's a lot of... Like, I feel like not all is happening. Yeah. I think there's cons happening still. Right. So, all the reactions coming out, like, Asteroid City's ad right. came out. And it's kind of what you'd expect. It's a big movie. Yeah. It's always oh, kind of positive. Oh, the killing of the of a sacred deer. No. Yes. Flower <laughs> yes. moon. Flower moon. What's it called? Killers of the flower. Moon? Yes. Yes. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the reactions of that. <laughs> the reactions of that. I knew what we were talking too. about, and I just said it wrong. Okay, I was like, yeah, we're both way wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. I, I mentioned. So I read a really interesting article. I did some research too um, about cinematography. We're I am incredibly excited about we, we have an upcoming Roger Deakins. Yeah, uh, the Q&A. We're gonna watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine at the Texas Theater. We are June eleventh. Gonna be June eleventh, and I'm just I'm incredibly excited. Cinematography is probably one of my favorite art forms that I'm like I could never ever even get like I can't even comprehend it oh like, yeah no it's so cool they have they do as much as a director I need to do more oh, yeah. it's a whole science it's a whole art it's totally STEM but it's like it's really cool yeah um, and I, I read an interesting article I just wanted to bring it up on the podcast about uh, nighttime cinematography and mm-hmm. how they're problem solving lately um the cinematographer who worked on Ad Astra and Nope, um, by the name of 
There, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Great track record. Great movies. Oh, right? yeah. Um, all beautiful. And he uh, worked on both Ad Astra and Nope. And Nope has these really clear nighttime scenes mm-hmm. that are just beautiful mm-hmm. and kind of one of a kind. And it's this unique feel and aesthetic that like hasn't really been seen before, except arguably in Ad Astra. And how he achieved this was... Um, I just problem solving. This is what's so cool about the medium of cinematography. He composited infrared digital with um, 35 millimeter like ARI, like ARI, you know, mm-hmm. film. And that kind of smart camera work to achieve that unique like clarity, but it feels like nighttime, like they're shooting in daytime. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. I think I saw that like I've seen them doing that right yeah there's no like dead giveaway like like double shadow no, I never would have guessed that right. it was I had no idea mm-hmm. and that's why that kind of blew my mind um so there's that the hell do you what the, I don't know you know a lot I don't know that much you were blowing my mind earlier you did some research no Infernal Affairs it's, it's actually on it's on a criterion the the ending, I almost watched it, but it was like 3.30 mm-hmm. in the morning, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I, <laughs> I need to go to bed. Um, let's talk about how the idol is... <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the idol? No. Yeah, I think not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am not a Sam Levinson fan. Someone said, um... I like the first season of Euphoria. I thought it was really yeah. good. The second season I didn't watch, or care for. I watched it from Sam. Right. Love it. Someone said he's the, uh, uh, every generation gets their John Landis. <laughs> I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. It's mostly just like, like I said, reviews are coming in mm-hmm. from cons, so everyone's there. Mm-hmm. So nothing's really happening in Hollywood right now because mm-hmm. everyone's across the country yeah. um, doing stuff, so it's kind of just like, we're, just, we're waiting for something to happen. Oh, yeah. oh new poster of TMT drop. You see that? No, I didn't. Look. <gasps> Love. Love, love, love. That's a good poster. Great poster. That's a great poster. Yeah. <laughs> For you audio listeners, uh, if you go to it Discussing rocks. Film, <laughs> they released the poster. <laughs> really focusing on the skateboarding aspect, um, yeah. which we haven't really seen in the trailer at all, other than like maybe little clips. I, if I'm, I can't even picture that. Like, I don't think they've showed any actual skateboarding scenes, and so. For both posters to feature so prominently the skateboard, I'm excited to see what they do with that. I think we're gonna get like a really good chase or like action sequence that's like continuous, like you know what I mean? Yeah, I can yeah. see that happening. I'm very excited for that movie. Yeah, I'm incredibly excited for TNT. That's probably my most anticipated right now. Well, no, Mission Impossible Seven. Um, <laughs> oh, we could talk about Indiana Jones. Oh yes, um, I have the, been the, the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, the dial of right? the, the discourse of the dial of destiny. <laughs> um, Dissecting the discourse of the dial of destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, man, James Mangold. People are sort of relitigating him and saying that he's a hack, that he's not good, that he's whatever. And has he has he done anything bad? Mm-hmm. No, uh, I don't think so. He's he's never done anything amazing, in, in my opinion. You know, Logan was good. I'm like, yeah, all I've seen, I think, is Logan. Here, let me see, let me see. He is just like, I don't think he's... Just oh, I saw, I saw Ford v. Ferrari. 
Yeah, Ford v Ferrari. Great girl interrupted. Identity. Oh, you did Identity? Walk the line, man. Walk the line rocks. Okay, actually, he has a couple hits. Girl interrupted. Walk the line. 310 to Yuma, the remake. Yeah. Identity, which I'm a sucker for. Yeah. Have you seen Identity? I haven't. That's a good one. Um, Night and Day, Cable Leopold, with Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman. It's just, it's tough because, like, he's getting so much hate right now for this movie that hasn't even released. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, the earlier reviews are bad. If it, yeah. I think it's a bad idea from the get go to make. I think they're, like, pretty average. Like, they're usually right three, three and a half, four. Like, four and a half. Right. Like, like, if I was going to make an Indiana Jones movie right now, I would never, ever, ever, ever do a time travel aspect. If I did, there would be no... I just think CGI de-aging is really awkward and Mm -hmm. clunky, and it never ages well. And I don't think it will ever look good. Um, I mean, look at Tron Legacy. Amazing movie. And if Mm -hmm. they had chosen to just recast a younger version rather than CGI de-aging... Right, here's Wyatt Russell. That's a great point. Casting right there. There's just so much... Did I say Kurt Russell? It's Jeff Bridges. Oh shit. I'm a fucking. Uh, is, he cut, a is he have a son? Cut Jeff Bridges? Up. No, I don't think so. Isn't he already holding home? No, it's Kurt Russell. That's Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> um, oh fuck. Why is Jeff Bridges in Tron? I actually did like Tron Legacy. I love Tron Legacy. I watched it in a phone class. Fucking surprising me. Tron Legacy's a great. I watched it in theaters too. Tron Legacy, the, the, the set pieces, the outfits, the mm-hmm. use of CGI, I mean, that's Kaczynski, right? And and he, no one, he invented the legacy sequel with Tron Legacy. That's what, I think that's why they call it that, because of legacy, right? Legacy sequels. Oh, legacy sequels? Yeah, and, and then he turns around and does, Oblivion was great. Oblivion was really good. And when it dropped, people hated on it, and I liked it. And you know what? I have been... What's the word? I don't, I don't know. What is the word, Grayson? Vindicated. Vindicated. <laughs> I've been vindicated. Um, no, but yeah, everyone's hating on James Mangold right now, and I just don't think it's fair. Uh, it's driving me crazy. And I am going to be there day and day, like, opening. Awesome. I'm definitely going to see that. Indiana Jones. Love, are we watching this? I don't think so. Um, we don't watch a lot of things at work anymore. We are. I talked to Jordan. We yeah. have a whole June and July are set up. We took a break because oh. we did the back to back Creed and John Wick. Yeah, and that's like a lot. Really fun. People. Um, yeah. yeah, we're doing a we're doing a Nolan month. So we're gonna do Interstellar. He's wanted to do that for a while. Um, I convinced him to not do Dark Knight and to do the Prestige instead. Okay. Because I don't want to watch the Prestige on theaters. <laughs> that's that's valid. I love the Prestige. Because he's always doing the Dark Knight. He's doing all three. I was like, mm-hmm. you can do the trilogy. Do yeah. all three. He didn't want to do all three, so I was like, just do this one then. That sounded way more shady than I meant for it to. <laughs> I loved the prestige when I was fourteen. I haven't seen, seen it since. It. I've well. never seen it. Okay. It's one of the few I've never seen from Christopher Nolan. So I was like, let's watch that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if anything else going on right now. It's like, uh, it's like, have you seen Now You See Me? I've seen the first one. Yeah, it's kind of like before that. It's like, what if magicians were fucking cool? <laughs> <laughs> That's the fantasy of prestige. And they it's like, are. Yeah, it's like, what if Chris Angel? Was cool. <laughs> Chris Angel. That's yeah. right. <laughs> what a time. Um, okay. Um, oh, the new the new HBO Max thing is now Max. Oh God. Did and you, this is the craziest thing about. It. I don't care about a rebrand. I don't give a shit. I think it's annoying. I think that them archiving things um, digitally that 
that have no physical releases is dangerous mm -hmm. and like we're losing so much like heart and especially animation stuff infinity train how can you Love access infinity train. train you can't you can't like, it's a, like fucking it's, hard it. yeah um heartbreaking right but i don't really care ultimately about the rebrand but the fact that they didn't just update the app to say Max, and now we have a <laughs> yeah, worse a app, app, it's so have much you worse. Seen yes, have you used it? I haven't, haven't used it. Did you see that uh, under uh, where you would have directors, writers, producers, mm -hmm. cinematographers, all of that? It just says creators, and it's presented in a random fucking order. <laughs> and so it'll be like the sound guy first. <laughs> it's one of the most janky, like ridiculous things in the world. Yeah, I saw something about that. We can talk about this for a little bit. Yeah. Um, streaming rights. Streaming. streaming rights. Because you know how... Uh, strike. The, yeah. Support that. You, solidarity. Solidarity. I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. You are a writer. You're a great writer, by the way. Thank you. You are a writer. I, Why are you lying right now? No. Anyways, so... Because <laughs> uh, it's something about with streaming. How, how You're talking about how, like... Mm -hmm. Even Netflix has taken things off. Right. And have you made it unavailable to purchase or whatever? Mm -hmm. So it sucks because I was reading how seventy five percent of all silent films are lost. Mm -hmm. So there are about ten thousand made, only two thousand remain that you can I actually hear about that. Yeah, and that's gonna happen with this. Yeah, because there are so many yeah. movies that like on HBO Max that were originals and now they're not because Zaslav, fucking asshole, fucking the king of dying at my hands. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, can't say, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. The king, the king of, of kissing my once ass. ass. I'm like, kill him. <laughs> the king of kissing my ass. He doesn't, he doesn't act after he can't, TV. He can't find this. Yeah. Could you imagine if we get arrested on this little podcast? <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> but no, because like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm an advocate for physical media. Even though I don't own a lot of it, I do own a lot of stuff digitally, but I do own it. Like, I do buy right. it. Um, and it's not going to just like it's digital it's you own it it's I own not it, yeah, a stream go away like, yeah right and there are some things that Netflix does put on like I'm able to buy I see it on like the store they can buy it right um, but it's very rare very for, rare for it to be like that because they produce thousands of shows a year mm -hmm. so they're not going to put all thousands of them out because the possible right. to be like let's put them all out but mm -hmm. um, especially like Warner Brothers is going through a big thing right now with the whole animation thing and Oof. them like archiving so many shows yeah and who knows we're going to see him again? There is going to be, and I'm calling this now, a movie like The Big Short or like, you know, kind of a Moneyball Air mm -hmm. type movie um, about the downfall of Warner Brothers. Oh, um, yeah. The, this whole saga with the CEOs, like the nine CEOs all stabbing each other in the back and stuff, has just been insane. Selling out to companies that are worth less than you because you're in so much debt. And it's like... It's just fucking nuts. Yeah, these last couple of years are bad for Warner Brothers. It needs, it's, it demands a prestige TV show. And whatever, you know, streamer comes in, streaming format comes in to, to finally put the nail in the coffin and kill them, I'm sure they're the ones that are going to produce Well, it's them. crazy because they have, so they have, like, HBO is a, under Warner Brothers. They had Game of Thrones. They had Succession. They had mm -hmm. Euphoria has done really well the first season. Like, yeah. they have great shows. They it's hit. just because, um, Sopranos. It's under the bridge. So Sopranos. Yeah. There's so, if you go on the if you go on the HBO like, section mm -hmm. of it, like they have all hits, all bangers. Yeah. Even the new one, The House of Dragon, that's right. going really well. That's the thing too about this rebrand that's so interesting to me is that HBO, the top, the name HBO is synonymous with like good TV. Yeah, but not original prestige TV. 
No, not because people think it's separate. and not Discovery, right? Like it's like HBO. Like here are these like HBO originals are all like of a high criteria, mm-hmm. and so to rebrand to not have HBO in your title is crazy. Yeah. To me. Whatever that is, what you are selling, that's great. That's just I can't understand the marketing, and to not just update the app to have you seek out install re-log in to another app without your queue and stuff like what the fuck <laughs> oh my god it's it's, crazy. it's ridiculous it's crazy and speaking of streamers i, I this was one of my two bullet points today. <laughs> i made a list i made a list of things to talk about today and it says it, it has no title it was made of 305 it says netflix password sharing and then space cinematography. <laughs> so we got the cinematography <laughs> aspect. I just wanted to talk about those night shots. Netflix password sharing. Like yesterday, they announced last second after walking it back for months that they weren't going to shut down uh, password sharing uh, since that's like 90% of their income. A lot of people pool cash to pay for their subscription. Yeah. So they're going to lose all of those people. But now they have cracked down and they are releasing a new format where you have to be on your home device, yeah. and any accounts that are not, at, I guess, at the same IP address, I guess that's how they work it, um, have to pay an extra $8 a month to be added. Now, the one, and I, I am not defending them, the one thing that I do think is, is good that they've done, and this is something that HBO should have learned from, mm-hmm. or can learn from, is that you can migrate your account. So like if I <clears throat> didn't want to be on my parents' Netflix anymore, because I still am, I think that's something a lot of our generation is like, we're all on the same because we don't want to have to start our new queues and stuff. Like I'd rather send them money. My parents have my like Paramount, my Discovery, yeah. so I can exactly. borrow the Netflix. Right. And that's how, yeah. So like with Netflix, it's like you can now migrate your, your queue, your watch list, like your, your algorithmic like suggestions mm-hmm. all to a new account yeah. that you pay for. Which is at least a, a moderate solution, but it's such a, a grubby piece of shit move, especially when 90% of their marketing over the past decade has been, you can all watch it. You can all yeah. password share. That's that's loving. Well, because Netflix has gone down there. They, they have. And I feel like it's, I, feel, I rarely use Netflix anymore. I, I rarely I use it. it. That's the like nothing on that. Yeah. It's because they just over the, mass produce everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and and they, they don't advertise anything. Every streamer is looking at an ad format yeah. right now because the only one that's like even close to being in the black is like Hulu, because they run ads. Yeah. Um, even if you pay for it, and it's like the amount of money that they're dumping into things to pull people in with no immediate like. Well, they're merging. I think they're merging Disney Plus and Hulu together. They're merging them because they're because they're all about the same thing. That's kind of good. I think that's yeah. good. It's less ads. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Hulu has always been like kind of not treated as well as Disney Plus. And Hulu's got a lot of good stuff. And it's got a lot of great stuff. All, all the TV searchlight, yeah, know, is on Hulu. Great movie selection, like underrated movie yeah. selection. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's something that is like the streamers are just Disney Plus is actually doing the HBO thing. They are like removing and archiving a lot of shows and movies that just didn't perform well. Some of them came out this year. Willow. Willow's being taken off. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They just released that. Yeah. Um, and like, what is I, I get like saving costs, but it's probably marginal to to stream that to run that. 
Oh, posted. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Someone pointed out there's a, a creator who uh, worked on The Little Mermaid and all the music for that, and, and like, single-handedly, the music that he did saved Walt Disney back in their uh, animation era, era with, like, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, right? And there's a whole docu-series about him that they're pulling off because no one watched it. And it's like, this is how you honor someone who's so integral to your legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those documentaries on Disney are really good. Really good. They're really they they're like really the, like the and, imaginary uh, ones. Really, yes. The yes. Was it light and sound. Light and light and, light and yes. <coughs> wow. Um, um, I just sneeze. But no, I you're good. Um, that's that's us being negative about this whole thing because streamer era. It is what it is. Well, I, I think, think it's also have, positive to right. defend the art form, and Absolutely. also and also be like. Absolutely. Like, if I had my work on a streamer to tip it off, I'd be fucking It's pissed. a negative topic. I, I don't mean that we're being, like, specifically negative about it. It's just unfortunate. Um, okay, so the time that we're down here. I do think that... <laughs> um, I do think that it is consumer-sided, ultimately, like, the streaming, which is, like, you know, positive and negative. It's, it's mixed feelings. Um, that we can access so many things, right? Yeah. Like, I, if I want to watch, like... A Hong Kong movie I can just go do that you mm-hmm. know what I mean back in the day you had to go to like special features you had to seek out special sections in like Blockbuster and at your video store like and they probably didn't have it you had to hunt it down yeah and there is some charm in that there's some like beauty in that but our horizons are definitely expanded and I think the medium has there there's a give and a take yeah. you know there's a lot of positives and negatives to both both sides of that um, but I think the streaming companies are all mostly heinous, <laughs> like totally evil, and incredibly their their intentions are dubious, and I think it's going to prove to be a pretty bad day. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for Bye. watching our episode two. Episode two. Episode two. Two, two AKA down. A.K.A. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Part Part no. <laughs> Why we both went for no? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Enjoy your Wednesday. <laughs>